you may not have known it, not a lot of greeting cards for this, but this is Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week all week. And there's no better person to talk to on this subject than Josh Sabo with the Heartland Continuum of Care, that coalition of agencies locally that is working to find answers to this uh, chronic and ongoing problem here in our community. Josh, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. Uh, let's start, if, if this is indeed Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, by uh, trying to help people really understand the scope of the problem. And I know that this is a bit of a moving target, and it's not always easy to know exactly where we stand, but uh, how would you say, uh, how prevalent is hunger and homelessness in our community now, and is it substantially worse than it was pre-pandemic, say this time last year? Right. Yeah, I would say in terms of homelessness in particular, you know, we certainly have seen a bit of an increase uh, with the Winter Warming Center opening up uh, over the cl- course of the last few weeks. We've uh, we've seen the demand for shelter uh, that is about 20 people higher than it has been in the past. Um, and so that, that is an indication that alongside what we've witnessed as a community with the need for shelter throughout the pandemic. So as it pertains to homelessness, we certainly have seen a bit of an increase. And uh, I would say for hunger, uh, we are probably seeing a lot of the same trends that are that are happening nationwide. You know, it's a, a problem that we know has been around for a long time. And I, I certainly hear people uh, voicing frustration about it's, it, just it, the seeming intractability of the problem, that we talk about it year after year after year. We do a pretty good job uh, each year of helping people find some shelter, find some services, but then we're right back to essentially the the same problem, whether it's the same people or different people. We don't really seem to be making a whole lot of headway against these issues and particularly against homelessness on the streets of Springfield. Yeah, and I I think it, um, yeah, I've I've heard a lot of that frustration in my time in this role. And and I would say as a community, we should be frustrated if our our neighbors aren't if our neighbors aren't able to access um, stable housing, then it's something that we should be concerned about. And uh, as a community, it is concerning that that year over year, we don't seem to be moving in the right direction. And so um, I'm grateful for the efforts that have been going on over the course of the last few years, really, to to turn the tide in Springfield. And, you know, I really um, feel like a lot of these pieces coming together are going to help our community follow the example of other communities and really work towards having a healthy system to address homelessness. Recently, there's been a lot of attention given to a consultant that was brought in by Mayor Jim Langfelder, sort of evaluate and and oversee this. He recently issued a very lengthy report uh, that seemed to be saying we've been kind of going about this all wrong. And I know that there has been some friction between this consultant and the the people who've been dealing with this issue for a long time here locally. Uh, When all said and done, did the time and money spent on that accomplish anything or change anything? Is it is it reshaping our approach to this issue? I don't know that it is really reshaping um, a whole lot. I think there were some ideas that came from that consultant that are that are serious ideas that, that we should consider. Uh, in terms of the report, there are some things that I don't necessarily think are accurate, but um, in terms of our approach as a community, one of the one of the things that the consultant was saying is that uh, as a community, we should try to get away from depending on shelter, emergency shelter for people, and we should really move towards uh, trying to get people into housing as quick as possible. And that's the that's the direction our continuum has been going in since 2018 when we 
adopted the crisis response system. And that's part of what we're devoting Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week to is uh, really trying to educate the community on what our agencies are doing uh, to, to, to move people into housing as quick as possible and to surround that housing need also with supportive services that people need to become stable in housing and, and ultimately self-sufficient. So he's hitting on a lot of things that uh, I don't think are entirely new for our community, though I think some of his ideas are, are new and things like expanding uh, Memorial Behavior Health Services. Um, those, are, those are good things that I think would move our community forward. But by and large, he talked about a lot of the things that, that our community has been working to move towards for the last few years. Josh Sabo is here with the Heartland Continuum of Care. So, Josh, what what is working? What are we doing right now that is really achieving the desired results that, that we can build on from there? Right. Uh, a few hours ago on Facebook Live, we had a conversation with Erica Smith and Ronetta Hamilton from Helping Hands. And one of the things that they talked about as a part of that uh, video interview uh, was rapid rehousing. And that's an intervention that, that connects people with housing and support long enough for them to become self-sufficient, and then some of that support starts to to back off so they can be self-sufficient. Uh, that model, along with the permanent supportive housing model, uh, demonstrates a, a housing-first approach that's really um, making progress nationwide. And so uh, really the key there is to, to try to make homelessness rare, brief, and non-reoccurring. And our agencies are, are all working to expand in that direction and uh, as more resources become available to expand case management, but also to expand uh, rental subsidies and the, the uh, amount of money needed to help support people in housing, um, you know, we're going to continue to help people get into housing as quick as possible. On, on its face, it sounds obvious. You've got someone who's homeless. Get them into housing. Get a roof over their heads and, and keep it there long term, not just for the night. But obviously, we know there are uh, obstacles to that. Uh, people's inability to continue to make rent payments or people who may struggle with addiction issues or mental health issues, things along those lines, uh, and, and just really a lack of available, affordable housing for people in that situation. So what really are the, the big impediments? Uh, to uh, that are keeping us from achieving that goal, and are there workarounds for those impediments, especially at a time right now when resources are being stretched pretty thin because of the pandemic? Right. Yeah, I think you're you're hitting right on it. I, th- I think the key for us as a community to really is to really focus on on what works in terms of um, you know how we're investing our dollars as 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 community members and and donating to organizations. And um, I think for us, it's really going to take community support to ramp up these services and to ramp up permanent supportive housing uh, in order for the federal government to eventually uh, begin to help with that in an increased way as well. Uh, So is this going to take federal dollars? Are there going to be state dollars available? Will local governments, whether it's the city or the county, be able to contribute anything? Where, Where do the resources come from? It's going to require a combination of all of those things. And, I, I, you know, I think initially for us, uh, for the continuum of care, uh, we receive funding through grants each year uh, through what's called the, the HUD uh, NOFA. And that's a competitive process. So as we can demonstrate that our, our system is getting healthier and healthier in terms of how quickly we can help people access housing, more federal funding will come. Uh, but in the meantime, we need to be creative in terms of how we're, we're using local funds, but also uh, getting you know the city and county and and other entities to really to really help us ramp up these services. 
for a lot of people who have seen uh, homeless individuals maybe camped out by the library or on a, a stoop downtown someplace, and they say that just that's not acceptable. We shouldn't have that uh, in Springfield in the year 2020. And they think, I, I want to do something to help, but they're not really sure what to do. Where's the best place for the average person to devote their time, their money, their energy uh, to, to make a real positive difference? Right. Thank you. I would say the Heartland Continuum of Care uh, website, heartlandcontinuumofcare.com or heartlandcontinuum.com uh, is a good place to get started and to connect there from different agencies. And uh, there's a way for you to, to message us through that website. And, and we're happy to connect with you and, and figure out what you're passionate about and, and help guide you towards um, organizations to help with from there. It was a little bit uh, of fits and starts in the process, but as you noted, we do have the winter warming shelter now open. It's a new larger facility to allow for social distancing. Uh, there had been a target on November 1st, and it was actually November 13th when it finally got opened in that facility, but it is there now. And what's uh, the rough head count there at the moment, Josh? I had heard, I've heard earlier today that they had as many as 90 people. Wow, because I, I thought the capacity was actually even less than that. Can can they hold that many? The previous building, the capacity was much less. I but see. With the the new building, the capacity is significantly more than that. So they yeah. can they can handle a, a load of ninety. And obviously, step one is get people off the streets, out of the tent city, get them into a warm place where some of those needs can be addressed. But where do you see us a year from now? How how much of that population will actually be in sustainable long-term housing uh, by next November? And what's it going to take to get there? Right. It's hard to put an exact number on that, but I think you, you see examples. Um, Helping Hands, again, has talked about their rapid rehousing program that they created at the beginning of the pandemic. And since April, they've been able to help 30 people uh, access um, housing through that rapid rehousing program. And I know they had hopes of uh, potentially serving up to 50 more people through that program. So, and that's just one organization. Um, as more uh, CARES Act money comes into our community, uh, we're hopeful that we'll be able to use some of that money also to support people um, into, into supportive housing and with similar programs. So uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, we'll be able to help more and more people uh, get into stable housing. You know, the, the thing that I think we're all concerned about at this point is, you know, what happens when the eviction moratorium ends and uh, how can we support people who are in crisis uh, at that point, too? We just don't know how, how large the need is going to get in the coming months. And, Josh, we, we focus primarily on homelessness. It is Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week. What do people need to know about the hunger issue in our community, and, and what can they do to make a difference there? Right. We're extremely fortunate to have the, the Central Illinois Food Bank so close and uh, with Catholic Charities, uh, St. John's Breadline. I mean, these, we have some great resources. And, and I think alongside that, too, you see the, the food pantries, whether it's Kumler uh, or the network of, of micro pantries that have grown. And uh, I've been really encouraged to see that on the Springfield Families Helping Families webpage, just how much our community has rallied around each other to meet that need. But uh, we certainly uh, all know, and also District 186, uh, their food program, I think, has been a massive help to people. So um, the community, I think, has really been doing great work uh, to continue to meet that need for people. And I'm sure that need is going to continue as, as the pandemic rages on.
And again, for anyone listening who would like to do more to try to make a positive difference on these uh, twin issues impacting our community, a good place to start is the Heartland Continuum of Care website. Josh, give us that web address one more time, please. It's heartlandcontinuum.com. Heartlandcontinuum.com. Josh Sabo with the Heartland Continuum of Care on this Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week. Josh, thanks so much for your time. We always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.